Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. I have one thing to say. You better work. Do it, George Santos. Three snaps up, right? Oh, yeah. Runway model, drag queen. I wonder what the radical right in the house, what Gates uh, and all the rest are going to think of their newfound friend who has joined them on the far, 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 far right when they find out that there is empirical evidence, documentary data, that George Santos, in fact, at the age of 16, was a drag queen in Rio de Janeiro. And not just any old drag queen, but one who went to pageant after pageant, parade after parade, who at one point had hoped to become Miss Gay Rio de Janeiro. Her name, Katara. And, oh, my God, there's so much video evidence here. Apparently, uh, she had gone to the head uh, drag queen and begged her, said, please, please train me to be a drag queen while his, her mother, uh, his mother, was playing uh, bingo. And out she went. And let me tell you something, Lou. She looked better as a woman than George Santos looks as a man. She's all dolled up here. She got the lipstick. She's got, oh, my God, she's got the long uh, uh, eyelids. Man, she's got the hair. She's got the dress. She's got the curves. She's got the shape. Macedonian Phil might actually have gone for her like uh, the kink song Lola. Yeah, looks like a woman, but acts like a man. That was George Santos. And there are a whole series of these videos. Sachet, three snaps of George Santos with a number of alias names. And what the hell are all of his uh, re- supporters on the far, far right of the Republican and conservative uh, parties? Going to think about a guy who could easily be in a library near you hosting the uh, <laughs> drag queen reading hour for your children and grandchildren. And yet, what does George Santos continue to do? Deny, deny, deny. He finally has two staff members who have opened up what used to be the offices of former Congressman Tom Swasey in Douglaston. Two of the uh, folks were inside, and all they were doing was catching grief. But why doesn't George Santos just eliminate himself? I'm not going to go any further on what they were suggesting that he do, but they want him out of the 3rd Congressional District. They want him out of the country. They said, look, let him take his passport, dependent on what alias he's traveling with. Leave the country. You know, avoid extradition. Just get the hell out of here. 
And then we talked about his mother, right? His mother who was playing bingo while George Santos was learning the intricacies of how to be a drag queen in Rio de Janeiro and win the award in the annual Rio de Janeiro Carnival. Could I have a little bit more music there, Lou? In which uh, George Santos wanted to be on the main float. If ever you've been in Rio, I have for Carnival. It's what uh, all the Brazilians train for all year long with their costumes, their mascara, their wigs, their one, two, three sachet, their one, two, three sachet. And so many of them are hoping to become the drag queen of Rio at the annual Carnival. And plus, when you go to Brazil, you got to pay money in order to get in there. And still people flock in there for Carnival with all the decadence, with all the debauchery. Whatever happens in Rio stays in Rio, including getting robbed at gunpoint. But what the hell? If you're interested in drag queens, the place you want to go internationally is Rio de Janeiro during Carnival. Because uh, Macedonian Phil, you would be perplexed trying to figure out who are the men, who are the women... And who are the drag queens? But again, the update from George Santos, or whatever he's calling himself today, Anthony DeVolder or Anthony Zabrowski, the many aliases, is that fake news, fake news, I was never a drag queen. Doesn't matter what you uh, bring out, what rabbit you pull out of the hat. This guy is saying the most recent obsession from the media, claiming that I am a drag queen or performed as a drag queen, is categorically false. It's true. Empirical data. It is true. When the hell are the Republicans going to get this guy out of there? Why is McCarthy giving him committee appointments? Why are other Republicans saying, oh, we need him so desperately because of that three-vote margin that keeps McCarthy as the Speaker of the House? Because heavens to Betsy, we wouldn't want Hakeem Jeffries or the Democrats to become the Speaker. As you know, he is the speaker in waiting now, and oh my God, there is an orgy of adulation being bestowed upon him. He's, he is called the Biggie Smalls of the Democratic leaders, and tonight, uh, when I get into the uh, six-hour extravaganza, you don't want to miss it, the better side of the other side of midnight, 12 midnight to 6, Saturday morning, then so nice I do it twice, Sunday morning, 12 midnight to 6, I'm going to get into all the lines of Biggie Smalls that Hakeem Jeffries has repeated. And oh my God, talking about taking boys and and throwing them over bridges and selling crack to pregnant women in the projects. Oh my God. After looking at uh, Hakeem Jeffries, I feel soiled like I want to take a shower. But worse. It's the defense for George Santos as it continues. This is a guy who should be on the outside looking in. Uh, what would do us all well is if he would just end it for himself. I mean, there are a number of different ways. If I were to see George Santos right now, I'd say, George, you see those shoelaces, you see your belt. There are a number of things you could do with it right now to end this. Michigash, to end this Udiskratziata, to end this Shanda. But he's loving every second of it. Average everyday people would say, wait a second, this is all negative attention. He's a liar, he's a fraud, he's a con man. I'm telling you, a guy like George Santos can't get enough of this stuff, even to the point where we talked about his mother, who was playing bingo when he was practicing to be the drag queen 
of all of Rio de Janeiro. He claimed that his mother was at the World Trade Center on when it was attacked on September 11, 2001, which was impossible because she was still in Brazil. She hadn't come back until 2003. Then he claimed that she had died from cancer as a result of inhaling all of the dust after the implosion. And then when she died, he went to the nearby Padre at the Catholic Church in Long Island City. He said, Padre, Monsignore, we don't have enough money to bury my mother to have a wake. Could you please contribute? He said, of course, of course, we'll pass the hat. They passed the hat to the congregation. They were putting mad cash into its hat. And nobody ever heard whatever happened to that money. The con continues. And it's incumbent upon Republicans to end this. By the way, apparently there are measures behind the scenes to end this. Newsday is reporting that Jack Martin was asked, a man who had run against uh, uh, for the county executive position as a Republican. He, uh, he lost to Laura Curran. I had actually supported Jack in that venture. He was asked if all of a sudden George Santos is eliminated, uh, is removed, or is no longer serving as the congressman for the 3rd Congressional District, would you be willing to serve uh, to run for that vacated seat? He said, no, I'm not interested. But the person who has emerged appears to be the former lieutenant governor candidate for Lee Zeldin, Allison Esposito, who has already met with people in D.C. with the RNC about possibly running if the seat is vacated by George Santos. And, uh, man, that's going to be a tough job for any Republican. I think the only one who could possibly have a chance in that district is Lee Zeldin. Because if Allison does make the run, first off, she doesn't live in the district. Eventually, she'd have to move to the district. Uh, and she'd have to be 99% of the time answering questions about George Santos, not in necessarily what she would do for the constituents of the 3rd Congressional District, which include Suffolk County, Nassau County, and Whitestone. By the way, can you imagine if that never-she-schlubbish uh, Zimmerman were to run again? We'd have a race again that two openly gay people were vying for. Zimmerman, a gay, and Allison Esposito, a, a lesbian. But I will tell you this. I have a feeling that Tom Swazi is waiting in the wings, and he's ready to jump in and say, Hey, hey, you little pisha Zimmerman, move aside. That's my seat. It has Swazi written all over it. But speaking of uh, Long Island, oh, boy. The front pages are dominated by the indictment against Alec Baldwin on two counts of involuntary manslaughter. And earlier today, his wife, uh, Mrs. Baldwin, came downstairs and approached the paparazzi and said to the paparazzi, hey, I'm going to say it once. I'm going to tell you what I want to say. I want you guys to realize we have seven kids. My husband is not available to you. They live in a uh, tenement in the Lower East Side that they've obviously uh, subdivided, so they have like two or three floors there. They never moved away from there. It's right there between Greenwich Village and the Lower East Side. And all of a sudden, while she was talking to all the paparazzi, Alec Baldwin snuck out and jumped into an SUV wherever the hell he was going. Because remember, every time that Alec Baldwin gets confronted by the paparazzi, he pops his top and he loses his cool. Stay away from my wife. I said, shut up! Stay in your 
That's Alec Baldwin yelling at the paparazzi who have been assembled outside of his Lower East Side tenement years ago. He clearly has an anger management issue. But you all need to know, as listeners to WABC, both to uh, our new WABC, renewed and resurrected by John and Margot Katsimatidis, our parent company, Red Apple Media, or the old WABC when we were broadcasting from the 17th floor uh, right off of uh, 32nd and 7th Avenue. And there was an attempt by the ownership and management then to have Alec Baldwin have a talk show on Sunday nights where where I do uh, talk now, where Matt Drudge had done talk before that. Uh, Matt Drudge didn't want to continue any longer. He just wanted to do uh, a sort of tribute to Walter Winchell. He only wanted to do Sunday nights. The ownership management wanted him to do five days a week because his ratings were so high. He said, no, see you later, alligator. I'm going down to South Beach. Uh, I got my Matt Drudge uh, uh, site. That's all I need. And then the opportunity for Alec Baldwin to have a show on Sunday nights. And, man, let me tell you, with some of the greatest radio, the battle between the Long Island Two, Alec Baldwin and Sean Hannity, the rock-ribbed all-American conservative voice of reason from Franklin Square, Long Island. Now, someone is on the line here. Um, was it the real deal or was it an impersonator? Well, let's find out if it's the real let's deal. Let's get him on. If it, Sean Hannity? Uh, is that Brian Whitman? Hi, Sean. Alec, I wanted to give you an official WABC welcome, considering uh, you uh, you were supposed to come on my program last week, and you uh, you didn't show up. What happened? No, I wasn't supposed to come on your program, no, Sean Hannity. You were supposed to come on the program, because a deal was made with your agent that if you were going to come on with Brian, first you'd come on with me. I wouldn't dream of coming on your program, well, Sean Hannity. I'm here with Brian. I'm here with a really talented... You don't tell the truth. I'm here with a really talented broadcaster. Oh, Why no, would no, I want to no, come no, on the no, show? No. With a no-talent former construction worker no hack like you. <laughs> oh, boy, did that make Brian Whitman's job when we said albo. Brian Whitman, one uh, one morning I'm going to do a pr- tribute to Brian Whitman, the Staten Island kid who did such great imitations. He did Michael Jackson. He did Al Gore. He did so many. What a great, talented guy who went to the West Coast. Boy, he was a real jewel amongst the crown of jewels at the old WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. The early year stats are in and the exodus continues down to DeSantis land, Freedom land, Florida at unprecedented levels. 
Breyer was half a million who had fled New York State, many of them from the five boroughs. And now, according to moving companies, allied moving lines, and other moving and storage firms, the exodus has actually increased. There's percentages of upstate communities that are vacant as a result of just a mass migration south of the Mason-Dixon line of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, parts unknown, and especially Florida. And you say to yourself, what have the officials done to stem the flow? Because this has affected Connecticut and in New Jersey, where you were foolish enough to elect a half-in-the-bag, always smashed Governor Murphy, whose claim to fame was he was a graduate of Goldmine Sachs, and all he's done is call your knuckleheads, tell you pay your taxes, and if you don't like it, just leave. And you have. Well, again, I can't play it enough times because they're moaning and groaning all throughout the state of New York. In the capital, Albany, where Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, the governor, is saying, we need, we need to keep our residents here in the Empire State, even though it's rusting out from inside out. It was nine months ago. At the start of a very heated campaign against uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin, her Republican conservative opponent, that she basically unleashed the gates and said, get the hell out of here. Leave. All of you who differ from me, leave. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Yeah, and they did. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. And they continue to leave town at unprecedented levels. But it started long before, against by Andrew Ibelais Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. I noticed that his apparatchik, DeRosa, his former chief of staff, who is like uh, basically saying whatever it is that Andrew wants her to say, like uh, a puppet. Like a puppeteer, he's the puppeteer, she's the puppet. She is now the public face of that udiscraziada. Somebody needs to ask her the question the many times that she's on here at WABC, whether at the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion or as she was earlier on Sid Rosenberg and Friends. What about when Andrew Cuomo, way back in 2014, told all Republicans and conservatives to get the hell out of New York? Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life, a poor assault weapon, Anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. Because that's not who New Yorkers are. So let me get it straight. 2014, 2022, we have the two governors like Heckle and Jekyll back to back, belly to belly. Telling Republicans, conservatives, and independents, if you don't agree with their policies, get the hell out of New York. And apparently a lot of people listen. And now they're trying to reel them back, but they got no bait to reel them back. Nothing to encourage them to come home to New York State where maybe they were born and raised. Maybe they had inherited their mom or dad's house. Maybe they had wanted to be buried in the very cemetery that their own mother and father are buried in somewhere in New York State or somewhere in the five boroughs of New York City. It ain't happening. 
And then two years ago, how quickly we forget, how quickly uh, the paparazzi and the members of the Fourth Estate have amnesia. It was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who took to the floor of the National Action Network on 145th Street in the heart of Harlem in front of Al Slim Shady Sharpton and basically told all of you McWhitey Whiteys, that's right, Macedonian Phil, all of your friends, your hipster and millennial friends who have caused the greatest white migration into an urban area in the last century to get the hell out of here. Go back to Iowa. Go back to Ohio. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. Now, what do you mean by that? You know, he's talking to McWhitey Whitey's like Macedonian Phil and so many others. But how many of you remember what I remember, that back in January, uh, it was Eric Adams who decided he was going to confront, this was January of 2022, Governor DeSantis, who he claimed was guilty of having a don't say gay law, which it was not. But naturally, the Democrats were all piling on. And Mayor Adams, with our tax dollars, were inviting Floridians to move back to New York. Remember, he sent in those digital billboards to five of the Florida markets. And I remember exactly where he sent them, where there was a preponderance of gays and lesbians and uh, transgenders. Key West, South Beach in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa and Lake Worth in Palm Beach County. And how many of the gays and lesbians and transgenders decided it would be better to come to New York City, to come to Greenwich Village, to come to Chelsea, to come to any of the other enclaves that are predominantly gay, lesbian, and transgender? Almost none. So who paid for that? Who paid for that uh, digital billboard campaign that was out there in which there were five million impressions as the Adams administration was committing to the LGBTQ plus community and telling them, we'll preserve free speech for all of you if you come back to New York. None of them came back to New York. And in fact, one of the reasons that the continued exodus and migration goes to Florida, DeSantis land, as some know, freedom land, because of the standards that exist south of the Mason-Dixon line in most of those states, that don't exist north of the Mason-Dixon line where our cops are on the run, they're on the defensive, they've been told to stand back, they've been told that it's the criminal's rights, not police officers who get to enforce the law. And in Florida, DeSantis laid it out very plainly when uh, Hurricane Ida smashed into southwest Florida, into Lee County, into Fort Myers, It was such a different message than what we ever hear up here, which is normally wave the white flag, capitulate, give in to the criminals, and make excuses for this aberrant behavior. The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is, you know, we want to make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, Don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in and, and, and monitoring that, you know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people, you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. What a different point of view and why so many people continue to flock to Florida. But speaking of law enforcement, speaking of corrections, What do you think when all of a sudden the NYPD 
The New York City Sheriff's Office, which is not a law enforcement agency, it's a revenue-raising agency, and certain members of the Department of Correction were all brought together in the parking lot of the Perry Building on Rikers Island, a place that I've been to from time to time, 4.45 in the morning, shift change, when the staff leave their personal vehicles upon checking in for a shift, and all of a sudden it became Checkpoint Charlie. All of a sudden, the NYPD and the sheriff were searching correctional officers, and the correctional officers would say, hey, wait a second, are all the unions good for this? Uh, The NYPD good with this? What the hell is going on? And the reason that everybody was being searched upon coming into a shift who was a correctional officer is that the correctional chief appointed by Eric Adams, a guy named Molina, who has basically ceded control of Rikers Island to the Bloods, to the Crips, to the uh, Trinitarios, the Dominican gang, to 18th Street, the Mexican gang, to MS-13, to the Latin Kings, to the Nietas, to, uh, all the gangbangers. They control the tears. Molina has said, look, we're doing this to protect the correctional officers themselves. Two correctional officers had to be transferred to a local hospital after they came into contact with drugs believed to be laced with fentanyl while searching an inmate. We're doing this for you. But in reality, let's face it, it's a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust in the Department of Corrections staff who are being accused of being uh, the ones who are the mules that are bringing in the drugs, bringing in the illegal contraband, bringing in the knives, bringing in the uh, cell phones, bringing in all the contraband that basically allows the gangbangers to run the rock, run Rikers Island. That's to be continued. On that same note, we talk corrections. Look, El Chapo, Joaquin Guzman, little shorty himself, had made an appeal to the president of Mexico, who he basically controls through the Sonola cartel, Andres Manuel Lopez uh, Obrador. Never trust anybody with three names, but you can make that four names too. And he begged him and he beseeched him. He goes, look, I'm in the bowels of the Supermax Federal Prison in Florence, Colorado. There's no natural light. I'm underground 23 hours a day. I get wrecked for an hour. Oh, my God. I had a problem with my molars. And instead of treating them, the dentist, they took them out so I wouldn't fuss. It's hurting constantly. You know, I need I need medical treatment. I need dental treatment. I need good food. I need sun. My health is deteriorating. And I'm saying, great, die. Die in prison, El Chapo. How many people are you responsible for the deaths of, not only with the narco-terrorist executions that you ordered and committed in Mexico, but the many folks who have died from drug overdoses here in the United States? And at first, the president of Mexico, who obviously is controlled by the Sonola cartel and the other cartels, and El Chapo Guzman, he said, no. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador said, no, I'm not going to consider this appeal. And then all of a sudden, 48 hours later, he he had second thoughts. And he may well be talking to Joe Biden, his very dear friend on this matter. Ufa. And then lastly, whether it's Mexican pot, whether it's Acapulco gold, whether it is uh, California, the Emerald Triangle uh, marijuana, or the local marijuana that is grown in New York, that is the one that can only be sold in the state-licensed pot shops. Well, a second licensed pot shop is opening up. Where else? In Greenwich Village. You think, you think New York State, you got too many legal weed shops in one area. 
You opened one in Greenwich Village. You're opening a second in Greenwich Village. You said you would open one on 125th Street, right across a street from the Apollo Theater. You never decided to open that up because of blowback from the community, predominantly the African-American elderly community and the ministers and the churches up in Harlem. So you're putting a second weed shop, legal licensed weed shop. It's opening up apparently this weekend or on Monday in Greenwich Village. An illegal pot shop selling goods on the cheap, opposing the biggest challenge to the legal stores. Because when you go into the legal weed shops, the price is twice of what you get in the streets. They don't give you credit. You cannot test the product. You have to show ID, which some people have an aversion to do. And you have to pay 13.5% tax, not even 8.5% sales tax. So they gouge you. So the black market will continue to thrive and the legal weed pot shops in New York City that are a dollar short and a day late will continue to struggle just to make ends meet. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sin Wrap-Up. Oi! Well, well, earlier today, with Sid and Friends, it was the time where the fiend and the foe showed up, as I do twice a week, Mondays at 7.05, which I'll be in on Monday, and then, of course, Fridays at 7.05. But a lot of the discussion was about sports, was about Giants, Eagles, this Saturday night in Philadelphia, and, of course, um, the uh, propaganda minister for Eric Adams I had to flex, that's uh, Sid Rosenberg, and make another promise that he can't keep. Remember... December 14th, he swore that Eric Adams himself uh, would sit down for a dinner with Rudy Giuliani. Never happened. Strike two. He told Bill O'Reilly, hey, I spoke to the mayor the other night. Hey, well, you, the three of us should go to dinner and then we'll sit uh, courtside at uh, Madison Square Garden for a Nick game. You know that ain't ever going to happen. And then Sid scored the trifecta, the trinity, the troika of lying and promising the impossible. Why don't you ask him about Rudy the next time? I saw him? <laughs> well, what happened to that dinner? It's, it's, December 14th, been, I guarantee, they've been very busy. Cross my heart and hope to die. The three of us will be sitting there. You, Eric Adams, tell you what, and Rudy I'm Julian. going to Rudy's house on Saturday to yeah. watch the Giants and the Eagles. Mm. I'm going to take Mayor Eric Adams. Yeah, let's, let's invite him. You want to do that? We'll invite, yeah, 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 yeah. Invite him right now. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Adams, I'm sure you're listening. Please, come on over. You're oh, invited. I'm sure you will. So let me get this straight. At Rudy's joint, Rudy, big giant fan, Sid Rosenberg, uh, whichever way the numbers go, because uh, uh, he's the point spread man, as is to a degree, Andrew, but he's a giant fan. And now they're going to invite over Eric Adams. That ain't going to happen. But we'll see. To be continued. That's why you want to be listening 7.05 on Monday and listen Every morning to Sid Rosenberg from 6 to 10 because I can't listen to it all and I need some of you to eat the Parmesan cheese and rat them out. 
But then as they were talking about the Eagles-Giants game, Rudy weighed in when he came on after I did later on in the 7 o'clock hour. And even though logically he understood that it will probably be fly, Eagles, fly, not crash, Eagles, crash, he predicted that the Giants would win against Philly. Give us your oh, prediction. <laughs> <laughs> prediction, Giants, Eagles, who wins on Saturday? I got it. I have to go with the Giants. I just I know it's Yes. Uh, however, young team, nobody told them they can lose. They looked, they looked like that. Uh, last week, they look like a young team, and we're just going to do it needed to win. You know, they may they may be a little bit uh, they're not they're not they're not killers, but they're they're terrific uh, in the red zone. So I got to go with them, and I know the Eagles are the better team, but we've beaten better teams before. And the Giants are playing their best football. Yeah, there was Andrew weighing in, and I I, I got to disagree. Even though I'm a Giants fan, I'm of Rudy's generation. We're baby boomers. And I go back to when it was uh, Dick Katkavich uh, right on the front line. And you had uh, Majaleski, you had Andy Robustelli, you had uh, uh, Greer. That was the fearsome foursome up front. Sam Huff was the middle linebacker. Dick Lynch uh, was the defensive back. The Giants had a great defensive team. Uh, they were coached, remember, for a while by Vince Lombardi, the defense. And then the offense was Tom Landry, and eventually they chose Ali Sherman, graduate of uh, Brooklyn College. What a mistake that was. Landry went off to the new franchise, the Dallas Cowboys, and you know where Vince Lombardi ended up going, the Green Bay, and you know the rest of the story. But do they not realize, I know Rudy does, probably not said, certainly not Macedonia Phil, and certainly not Andrew Giuliani, it was 1960, Yankee Stadium, right? I'm listening to the game. Marty Glickman, the great voice of the Giants. And then all of a sudden, Frank Gifford, who was all everything, he was the NFL MVP 1956. He, he, he couldn't, he couldn't stop himself. And he's running for, for the out of bounds mark so that the Giants still have an opportunity to beat the Eagles. And all of a sudden, concrete Charlie hit him. Chuck. Bedarnik, who, by the way, was the last person to play both ways. He played offensive center and he played linebacker. He retired in 59. They brought him back and he crushed Frank Gifford legally. Two years, Frank Gifford was out for two freaking years. And then, of course, what would Andrew know? And it's what Rudy wanted to forget. The fumble that changed football, the miracle at the Meadowlands. What was that, 44 years ago, right, Joe Pasajic? He was just running out the clock against Philly. He hands off to Larry Sonk. He fumbles it. And then who, who scoops it up? Herman Edwards eventually to become coach of the New York Jets. And he runs all the way. Touchdown, Eagles. And the Eagle fans, the maniacs that they are, tearing down the goalposts. This is Giant Stadium. Look, my heart is with the Giants. But, Rudy, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Andrew Giuliani, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. As much as it pains me to say this, it will be fly, Eagles fly. They will not crash. And I know Jones, Jones, Jones. No, no, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. And meantime, Sid, what is he interested? He's only interested in the point spread and the action. To be continued Monday, 7.05 in the morning. You want to be listening to Sid and Friends in the morning.